Hey guys, welcome back to Your Anarchy. I am so excited about our episode today. We have a wonderful guest, um, and I'm very, very thrilled that she's here. And I can't wait to uh, learn from her and, of course, ask her about all sorts of questions, you know, about skin health, as I always do. <laughs> so without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Dr. Lindsay. She's also known as uh, Derm Guru on social media, so I know a lot of you must uh, know about her from TikTok and Instagram. So welcome to the show, Dr. Lindsay. So excited to be hosting you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for today. I think we're going to talk about a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually really, really thrilled to be doing another, um, you know, episode with a medical uh, expert because I don't get to do them much these days. So I'm excited. Um, I want to get started with your background, though. I would love for you to walk us down memory lane and just talk about how you got involved with, you know, um, obviously your career path, how you chose that, and then but also social media, you know, how that took off. Yeah. So, I mean, this is all crazy to me where I am now versus where I started. So I grew up in probably the smallest town you can ever imagine in Western Pennsylvania. Um, I ended up going to a small liberal arts college, always knew I wanted to be a dermatologist, which is pretty crazy. I knew I wanted to specifically do dermatology. I was just always absolutely fascinated by skin and the ability to look at something and know the diagnosis immediately. Like I'm a very, very visual person. And so I thought that was very cool. So I went to, uh, I was able to get into medical school. I went to Penn State where I met my husband. Uh, he's also a physician. We did our residencies out in Ohio. So I did mine at the University of Cincinnati. I what? was, yeah. I, oh my God. I am an, oh my, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to pause here for a second. <laughs> I'm a bear cat. For like I got oh, no three of my degrees. Yeah, I got three oh my, my degrees at UC. And That's my father amazing. is my father is a faculty and a professor at, in the University of Cincinnati School of Medicine, College that of Medicine. That is incredible. <laughs> what a small world. It's a, it's a great undergrad, a great med school, a great city. I really love Cincinnati. It's so underrated. Yes, it is. Oh my gosh, I'm floored right now. It's so cool. Well, you know what? <laughs> you just you just gained mega points in my yes. heart because I I'm I, you know I'm actually in Ohio right now. So please continue. Oh, no continue. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I, we spent four years in Ohio, and we still talk about how much fun we had living there. So I actually lived in Dayton for a year, then Cincinnati for a few years. Uh, and my, that's where my husband also did his residency. Uh, we ended up moving back to Pittsburgh, which is where we're originally from. So my husband can complete fellowship in cardiology. And that's when I started practicing on my own. So I did private practice there for a few years. And then randomly we moved to the Gulf coast. So now we live on the beach and I work in private practice there. And so I, I'll kind of back up a little bit before I, we made this move in Pittsburgh, I really wanted to get into social media because I was seeing so many people online, just talking about misinformation surrounding skincare and dermatology. And I feel like there needed to be a physician, a medical doctor, in that space to help counteract and diffuse through some of that noise that's out there. And so I started yeah. it with having no idea what I was doing. And I didn't even know that this whole world existed. I just did it because I was passionate about skin and, and dermatology and skin care. And then it just blew up into this whole incredible opportunity where I can reach 
hundreds to hundreds of thousands to millions of people with my videos. And so it's really been a crazy journey. I've been able to partner with skincare brands that I absolutely love, ones that I already use and I'm passionate about and become their brand dermatologist. Like I work with Sunbomb. It's a, a brand I've been using for many, many years. And it's just a dream come true that I get to practice dermatology, work with these skincare brands I love, get paid to do it and get to advocate for my specialty on social media. I really love that. And I, you know what, we need more of you, honestly, you should, we should clone you because we need need more, you know, doctors who are enthusiastic and they really get it. And they understand that social media is a place to spread awareness and real knowledge rather than fluff. You know, I really like, I want to actually ask you, um, you know, is it okay if I call you Lindsay? Is that okay? Okay. So I want to ask you, you know, if, if it's okay, uh, or what you think about, you know, the dermatologists on social media that are like pointing at products and just like standing there pointing because it is one of my biggest pet peeves. <laughs> like, I hate it. You know, yeah. I just think it, it that's not education. That's not, yeah. you know, so yeah. Like, what are your thoughts about the landscape of, you know, how germs are kind of like fusing with social media these days? I think that I can't put any blame on them because it's a learning curve. There's not like they teach you in medical school or residency how to do social media. And so if you're shy, you're nervous, the easiest thing to do is just to not put yourself out there and to just point. And so, you know, to be honest, when I first started, I didn't know what I was doing. I probably have a few pointing videos as well, but then you grow confident in your ability as you should, because as dermatologists, we have, we are the experts in hair, skin, and nails, and we should be proud of that. And we should share our knowledge intelligently. And uh, I think that is what is most valuable for people. So there are so many dermatologists online though, that I've actually become very close friends with that, that I think share very invaluable information that, you know, even a couple of years ago, you would, you wouldn't be able to find that anywhere online. And we are out there every single day, giving out free med- pretty much free advice that you would normally have to pay a lot of money for, um, to go to a dermatologist and see them, but we are doing it because we're passionate about it. And we care about people and their skin and, um, just making people feel better about who they are in their skin. Absolutely. No, it's definitely a, you know, a labor of love. And that's, you know, across the board. I know I've met a few others. I've been fortunate enough to interview Dermangelo and, you know, a few others that I absolutely adore. You know, they're amazing doctors. They're amazing. You know, just social media presence, you know, is, is amazing. And I really applaud you for, for doing this because, you know, as I'm, as, you know, medical professional myself I understand that how heavy it can be you know people love people love our advice but we are the first ones to get blamed and this is you know this is (laughs) couldn't be more true you know and so it's like it's like you really put your neck out there and it's like uh, people consumers don't really understand that that you know as a dermatologist when you're speaking about skin health you're putting your neck out there you know you're you're doing it in a way that you're vulnerable. And unfortunately, our world and our healthcare system is designed to be very predatory against a lot of physicians. So yeah, no, I really applaud you. I think that's wonderful that you do this. And I, um, 
I actually want to move on to ask you what some of your favorite topics have been um, in terms of making videos about or just discussing overall or just, you know, topics that your consumers have really gravitated towards. So really just general, very common skin conditions seem to do the best on social media. So acne, of course, ev- almost everybody will be or has been affected by acne. So whether you're a teenager or you're an adult, uh, the majority of people will be affected by that. And so that really resonates with viewers on social media, but also things that you know you don't you don't know the name for, but you're like, oh, I have that, like what they call strawberry legs, also known as keratosis pilaris. People are really fascinated with that because it's super common. People don't know about it. They don't know how to treat it, um, as well as things like you know, pore size and anti-aging and sun protection. Uh, so I, and I, of course, skincare routines, because that is just such a popular topic now that people just can't get enough of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, uh, that's very interesting that you said that. Yeah, there's a lot of um, misinformation for sure. I was, I think, talking to another guest and um, explaining how, you know, I, I'm I'm a nerd and I'm not a dermatologist, but, you know, being a med- being in medicine, I think we're all nerds. And I went into, <laughs> I go onto Reddit almost every day and I, and I look at the forums and it's just, it's a plethora of just people that are they're confused. You know what yeah, I mean? They're just definitely. confused. They're scared. They're they're worried. They, I mean, and in a lot of the conditions, Dr. Lindsay, I mean, honestly, they're like acne, you know? And I sit there and I'm like, oh my gosh. And a lot of them are just like, you know, in rural areas of the United States or places where they can't really access the best you know, options for dermatology and best practitioners. So they are completely confused. And what's really, really scary is there's a lot of brands out there that are preying on people like this. Mm -hmm. They prey on these consumers and they, you know, they give them, they put products out there that exacerbate their conditions. Mm -hmm. And so they're posting on Reddit and they're like, what is going on? You know, like my acne is getting worse. And so I go on there all the time and I'm like, try this, you know, go to a doctor, you know, I, I'm probably going to start recommending, you know, like, you know, go follow Derm Guru, please. Because honestly, it's like, it's like a, it's a huge, huge amount of people, you know? So I want to get your, I want to get your input on that for anyone listening that maybe doesn't have access to a dermatologist, you know, what are some tips and what are some ways that they can really gain information? I mean, obviously follow you and, you know, listen to your, your advice, but then what are some other things that they can do to really kind of understand skin health? Yeah. So that, that is a great question. I think if you have the ability, it's always best to make an appointment to see a board certified dermatologist. I mean, obviously that's not going to be the case for many people. If you live in a very rural area, um, you don't have access to that. And that's very unfortunate. And so again, that's really why I'm doing what I'm doing because it is a way to get to those people and give them the right information and to not allow them to be preyed upon by some of these brands. And one of the biggest things that really irks me is when a brand says, you have to use my our 14-step regimen for clear skin. And that just absolutely blows my mind for so many reasons. One, it's that's not helpful. Most 14-step skincare regimens are not, they're going to do more harm than good. Um, and, or they might not do much at all. Those, the 10 additional steps is not going to do anything. Plus it's draining your bank account unnecessarily. And so if you ask 
almost any dermatologist, they're going to tell you that you only need a few different steps in your skincare regimen. Everything else is really a bonus that you should tailor to your specific skin type. So really you want to keep your skincare routine simple, effective, and uncomplicated. And this is true for almost any condition, whether you're dealing with acne, whether you're dealing with rosacea, whether you're dealing with dry skin or oily skin, the more products you use, the more likely you are to develop some sort of allergy to something or to over exfoliate or to damage your skin barrier. So really I just tell my patients and my followers, keep it simple. So for example, I'll use Sun Bomb's daily cleanser. That's really, you just need to cleanse once or twice a day. You need some sort of hydrating serum or hydrating eye cream. Um, again, I just, I, I keep it simple. I use just Sun Bomb right now. I really, really love how simple and effective their products are. And then of course, every single routine needs to end with SPF. I mean, that is non-negotiable for the morning. Um, and then you can also even combine it with, if you want to keep it even easier, you can find a moisturizer that has F SPF in it as well. So really you can get away with a three-step regimen in the morning, a three-step regimen at nighttime, and you can clear your acne, clear your skin, have a you know healthy skin barrier. So it does not have to be complicated. I love that. Thank you so much for walking through that because that's that's just golden advice right there. I hope everyone listening really took notes about what we really need in our skincare routine because that's a that's a question that keeps coming up and up and up. It's like the the five headed monster that won't die. You know, it's yeah. like you know, it's like how many times do people need to be told you don't need you like you said a fourteen step routine? I completely agree with you. It's ridiculous. I mean, and but you know, um, I actually want to ask you about the sunscreen idea because I love that you brought up sunscreen. I think it is. I completely agree with you. The most important skincare product, hands down. But I also know that there's a lot of you know, um, there's a lot of options and there's a lot of options that make people make people break out or they make people's skin react or even just the white cast problem you know yeah. so i would love for you to um discuss the different uh, i guess the different levels of sunscreen in terms of the dosing so i know there's like you know uh, there's this hallmark around spf 30 for some reason which mm -hmm. you know the literature seems to support but i would love to get your feedback on what is the right spf how many times should be you know we be reapplying it all those uh kind of questions so let me just start out where with, I could write a whole book on this. We could do a, a whole series of podcasts on just <laughs> SPF. So I will try to keep it brief and try to stick to your question. One, because I'm passionate about it. And two, because there's just so much misinformation out there and so much information. I want to tell the listeners so that they really understand you know, sunscreen and why it's so important and how to use it. Um, but anyway, I'll back up. So when we talk about sunscreen, there's two kinds of sunscreens, there's physical and there's chemical. And essentially the difference between the two are the ingredients. Your physical blockers are going to be your zinc oxide, your titanium dioxide, your iron oxides. And those traditionally give you that white cast. However, that is really, I think, becoming a thing of the past. Brands, especially, you know, like Sunbum, for example, they are 
using new technology to, to make sure that the sunscreen that you're wearing doesn't leave behind a white cast so that it is inclusive for everybody. Because physical sunscreens, I like them a little bit better um, for some skin types because they're less irritating. They're great for sensitive skin, things like that. So they are, people are, brands are incorporating um, tints into their sunscreen. And so the tints really make it inclusive for all skin colors and skin types. Um, second, like I had mentioned, there's the chemical sunscreens. And so those are, you know, a lot of the names that you may have difficult, most people have difficulty pronouncing like ox, oxybenzone, avobenzone, things like that. And so I think this has been unfairly demonized in social media because people are saying these cause cancer and they absorb into your bloodstream. And this all goes to the fact that there was a, an article published in, I believe, the New England Journal of Medicine that showed that some of these um, chemical sunscreens can get absorbed into the blood. But what a lot of people don't understand if you're not a medical doctor is that doesn't mean anything. Just because it was absorbed into your blood doesn't mean that it's bad for you, right? Um, and so that's where a lot of the misinformation is coming from. No, that's, you're absolutely right. I'm so glad you said that, that I'm, you know, not the only one that's screaming that from the rooftops at this point, because yes. just because, yeah, something's in your blood doesn't mean it's going to go straight to your brain and cause some sort of aneurysm or whatever yep. the hell. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. So I think that is, that definitely needs to be said today because people are, people are scared. You know, they, they see these clickbait headlines, sunscreen causes cancer, it's in your blood. And like, if you actually understand the science behind it, you realize that that doesn't really mean anything. And every single dermatologist is going to say, well, we do know that UV rays cause melanoma, which is deadly. It causes basal cell carcinoma, squamous cell carcinoma. And so we recommend full-heartedly 100% sunscreen every single day. And you know what, if you do have issues and questions about chemical sunscreens, then you have the option to just wear physical sunscreens. I think the best sunscreen is the one that you are going to wear every day to protect yourself from uh, premature aging, uh, UV radiation and damage, skin cancers, all those things. So absolutely, absolutely. I completely agree with you. I love that. And I, and I think that, you know, with sunscreen, it's like, you got to make it fun. You guys, you know, find the brand that you love. Sunbum is an amazing option. I love Sunbum. It's such a great brand. And I feel like, you know, that's one of the only brands um, I personally can use actually Dr. Lindsay, that doesn't make my skin break out like on my face. So it's very, very, very good. And it's a really, really great you know, formulation they've got. It's, it's, the products are very lovely, very light, very easy to use. And I really recommend it as well, you know? So yeah, I'm glad that you actually clarified a lot of that because, you know, with SPF, it's, it's very, very hazy and it's still a gray area, which I don't understand why, because going back to your point about, you know, the cancer thing, I mean, if you get skin cancer, you guys, you're going to die a lot faster. First of all, mm-hmm. let, let me just absolutely shout it like, from the rooftops. Like that real. is a, a proven known threat. Melanoma is on the rise, especially in young women. And that is a deadly skin cancer that can take your life early. And so there is no reason that with the tools that we have, the amount of sunscreens that we have that are, that nowadays are so elegant and there's so many options for you that you shouldn't be protecting yourself. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, Dr. Lindsay, I want to know about, um, you know, dermatologist approved like sun skin products for like babies and children, because I feel like with kids, it's very difficult. And also I want to know, um, you know, how early can you start using sun protection for children? I love this question. I get asked all the time. I'm a mom of a toddler. And so I feel like I can very enthusiastically speak about this. So uh, first and foremost, sunscreen is safe for children, but there are a few caveats to that. So if your child is less than six months old, it is recommended that you just protect them from the sun in general. They should not be out in the sun because their skin is still so vulnerable and so new. And um, even those who are skin of color, they don't have that pigment yet at that young age to protect themselves from the sun. So what I recommend if you're under the, under the age of six months that you fully protect your, your child from the sun, but if they, you have to be outside, you can use a mineral-based sunscreen um, on areas that are exposed to the sun. So the face, the hands, the feet, things like that. After the age of six months, feel free to use a sunscreen all over the body, but I prefer to use a mineral-based sunscreen. So I personally use Baby Bomb. I don't know if if you have kids or if you um, have ever used Baby Bomb, but they I love it because they have this roll-on one. And now that I have a toddler, I'm like chasing her everywhere. And I'm like rolling it on her and rubbing it. They also have a spray. I'm like spraying it as she's running away from me. <laughs> but um, anyway, they have a lot of great options that I love. But mineral sunscreens I prefer in children because children's skin are is way more sensitive. It's way more prone to developing things like atopic dermatitis, also known as eczema. And so we know that these ingredients like zinc oxide, titanium dioxide, they are less allergenetic than say a chemical one. So chemical ones, uh, while they don't cause allergies in a lot of people, babies are susceptible to allergies. So I just prefer to keep it simple, use fragrance-free mineral-based sunscreens, like all of the things in the baby bomb line uh, for my child. I love that. Baby Rum is really interesting actually. I I um I don't have children, um, but I can definitely, you know, kind of stand behind it because I'm glad that there's an option out there that is like, you know, it's official, it's something that you can really rely on and you can go to. So for all the moms listening, this is something that you should definitely pay heed to because I know that we actually get questions a lot about, you know, well, what are some products safe for kids? You know, cause I want to get my child uh, on this, you know, early yeah. on. And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> you know I, I don't know, but now I do. So, yeah. some, you know, baby bump, here we go. That's the answer, you know, go check out <laughs> yeah. their products. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so I want to actually ask you, there's some questions that, you know, I, I've just got in general, I think, um, when it comes to like, for example, you know, with SPF, I feel like we've been, and really with a lot of medications, right, that the FDA has approved and we use in dermatology and, and we use for things that are like related to like skin sensitivity, um, you know, where are we in terms of the research, in terms of innovation, like from your perspective, do you think that we're, we're going in the right direction or do you think that it's kind of halted? Because I look at the, you know, I look at the medical journals and I, and I read these papers and I'm like, well, when is somebody going to do something new? You know, mm-hmm. like we need mm-hmm. new and more options. So I'd love to get your take on that. Yeah. So I recently took a trip to Europe and browsed the Paris pharmacies and some of the 
some of the sunscreen filters that they're using are exceptional. They are so elegant. They're so much more effective than the ones that are approved here in the U.S. And I am in under the impression that they have just been awaiting approval by the FDA for many, many years now. And I don't personally understand or know what the holdup is, but the ingredients are there. Better, better sunscreen ingredients are out there. And we just need to get it somehow approved in the U.S. so that we have have even more options for sunscreen so that at it, at the end of the day, again, you can't, you don't have an excuse because these European sunscreen filters are fantastic. And I cannot wait until they finally get approved, but I was able to pick some up when I was there and they really are very, very nice sunscreen filters. That's so cool. Oh my yeah. gosh. I'm gonna, you're going to have to give me like a little list of the ones I you picked I up. will for sure. That's so cool. Wow. Of course, the French are always ahead. I mean, always. <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> so, well, you know, that, that's really great to know because I think uh, the EU has very stringent uh, criteria as is. So that makes mm-hmm. me very excited to hear that, you know, we're, I, I, I guess we're going to be catching up then. That's good. Hopefully um, it's, it's been too long, but we, it's been a very long time since any new sunscreen filters have been approved. And I'm appalled by that because it's out there. The technology is there. We just it's just not here yet yeah yeah no absolutely now i i want to ask you you know as a uh, as a dermatologist like how many times do you get approached by brands and how many times do you have to reject them because i know that this is a big problem um you know for all medical practitioners is uh, people mm-hmm. you know pushing drugs and pushing you know options in pharmacy that you know we're just like no stay away you know so how is that for you you know especially since you're such a you have such a large media presence and you know um yeah, just I just would like your opinion yeah. on that. So again, this is not something that they teach you in medical school or residency. So I've kind of had to figure this all out myself. I mean, obviously, as you grow on social media, more and more brands are going to want to partner with you. And at the end of the day, I still have to keep my integrity as a medical doctor, as a dermatologist. So I would never work with a brand that I didn't 100% fully stand behind their mission, their products, and, and what they put out there. And so it's really important to me that when I decide to partner, with a brand that we are on the same page, that I actually use the products, that I actually enjoy them, that I recommend them to my patients. And so again, I know I keep going back to Sunbomb, but I just love their philosophy so much. They, just like I had told you before, keeping things simple, uncomplicated, not putting tons of ingredients into something because that's unnecessary. You don't need to fluff up a product. You just want it to be effective. You want to like it. Um, And so that's, I know that's kind of a you know, a, a long-winded answer to your question, but I think that it's important at the end of the day that we are medical doctors and we don't end up like, you know, some TV doctors who end up promoting things that are actually dangerous for you. And so um, I've had to turn a lot of brands down because I just don't align with their products or their mission. I love that. And I love that you are really tried and true to your ethical, you know, principles. That's very, very commendable. You know, it's like the first rule, right? Do no harm. So exactly. I, I really, I love that. I love that. I mean, I see a lot of um doctors on, you know, like TikTok or whatever, and I just see them recommending certain things. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Come right. on. You know, yeah. you know, this isn't right. Like, and so, yeah, I think it's very easy, you know, and this is not just about dermatology. It's across the board in medicine. It's very easy Absolutely. to fall into that trap of like, you know, pharmaceutical companies paying you a 
like a shit ton of money, you know, mm-hmm. and you know, the drug isn't right. You know, I see my colleagues yeah. doing it and it's, it's mm-hmm. messed up. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you're on the right side of the fence with that. That's really, really, really great. Um, one thing I want to ask you though, and this is a topic that actually recently came up for me. I had a, a listener, um, kind of, you know, email me and she was very, very scared. And, and I really, I ended up recommending her to, um, you know, a doctor I've interviewed here before, but um, it's a topic I think doesn't get talked about. And that is um, the idea of like uh, chemical burns as opposed to like sunburns. Um, How do we deal with chemical burns? You know, what is the best way to like approach your skin? Because with all the products that are out there, um, there's a lot of, you know, I think there's a lot of products that people don't know how to use. So they'll mm-hmm. end up getting these like, you know, uh, they, they manifest very similarly, right, to sunburn. Mm-hmm. So it's like they get these like reactions. and They don't know what to do with them. So I would love to see if you have any tips for that specifically. Yeah. So again, I think this goes back to the misinformation that some brands are putting out there on social media where they say, oh, you should be exfoliating every single day. No, for the most part, depending on your skin type, some people can get away with that. But I I don't think that it's fair or right to say that every single person should be exfoliating once or twice a day. I mean, that is absolutely destroying your skin barrier. And if, if you're not, and if you don't have an understanding of skincare and skin barrier and how it works, then you could be causing so much more damage to your skin, resulting in things like a chemical burn. You could be using, for example, there's, you know, a very strong, I'm not going to name it, but there's a very strong popular um, exfoliant that blew up on TikTok. It's, you know, that vampire facial that people are, yeah, people are putting on their skin like, you know, daily and they were developing severe chemical burns because, you know, some of these things just are not meant to be put on our skin so much. And so I, I think that it's really scary that people are getting this information on online from people who are not doctors and they're burning their skin, they're causing chemical burns. And so I've, I've actually seen that several patients in my clinic who've, who've, dealt with that. And so we really just have to eliminate everything, focus on repairing the skin barrier. So nothing active anymore. We have to really be using um, thick, creamy moisturizers, things that repair the barrier like petroleum jelly, and just getting the skin barrier back to normal before we even discuss doing anything active ever again. Yeah. Wow. That's really, I love that. I'm glad that you said that. Yeah. There's a lot of active products out there that are um, just kind of the, I mean, a lot of lines have more actives in their, in their lineup than, you know, mm-hmm. normal products like moisturizer or hyaluronic serum or, you know what I mean? So that's yeah. very interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it's just more so, I mean, the answer would be just protect your skin, you know, obviously, and then also use more, you know, barrier supporting products, right? Yeah, I and I really think that skin barrier health is, you know, a very hot topic issue right now. And I'm really behind that because I think people are finally starting to realize that over exfoliation, um, overusing actives is not good for your skin and you want to focus on skin barrier protection. So I don't know if you've seen this on social media, but I love that this trend is blowing up. It's called skin cycling. Have you heard of skin cycling? 
Mm-mm, no, I haven't seen that. Oh, I, I, it's such a trend that I can get behind finally on TikTok. It's when you essentially at nighttime, you cycle through the products that you're using. So first you'll use, you know, your, your retinoid or your retinol at nighttime. That'll be night one, night two, you'll do your exfoliation. And then night three and four, you don't use any actives at all. You allow your skin barrier to recover and you just focus on ingredients that protect repair. So, you know, things like moisturizers, glyceramides and hyaluronic acid. And so you give your skin a break from all those like very aggressive actives. And so you can use like, for example, some mom has a restoring face mask. That's good. Or restoring night cream. That's really nice. But um, yeah, I would look it up. Just Go on TikTok, look up hashtag skin cycling. Um, my actually one of my friends, she's her name's Dr. Whitney Bow. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she kind of coined the term and it's taking off all over TikTok. And I am a fan of it. That's awesome. And I've actually been doing that. Um, you know, I don't know why people you did it on your own. <laughs> yeah. I... <laughs> I mean, I, I think that that's kind of, uh, it should be common sense by now, right? I mean, one I think would that, think. <laughs> yeah, one would think, but that's wonderful that it's becoming a trend. I mean, although yeah. I don't really, I don't enjoy trends, but that's definitely a great one. I'm glad yes. I want to look that one up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely behind that too. If I can help in any way, let me know. <laughs> um, but that's great. That's really, really great. And I think that that's wonderful that people are finally picking up on that. I mean, you shouldn't be using things that are constantly abrasive to your skin. I mean, I think, and that really comes comes back to education, right? It really comes Absolutely. back to being educated as a consumer, being knowledgeable, you know, knowing what the right products are for you. Um, and so, you know, that, it, it's a really, really complicated area. So I'm I'm glad you brought that up. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, one thing. Okay. So my next question is now we were talking about SPF and sun protection, which is very, very important. Now, what happens if you still get burnt and you've done, had your, you know, you've done um, skin treatments and then you get burnt? What What should we do then? Um, so it happens to the best of us. Uh, personally, it happened to me recently. I mean, you can only do so much. I live in the South now. I'm in the sun exposure is way more intense than it used to be. And even the best of us, when we try to do our best, it you could still get burnt. So let me, before I go into what to deal with um, when you burn, I think it's important to talk about the best way to prevent it. So of course you want to wear your, you want to use at least a whole shot glass of a sunscreen before you you go outside, if say you're going outside for a beach day, one shot glass should cover your whole body. And you want to put it on at least 15 to 20 minutes before you go outside so that it has enough time to settle into your skin and really appropriately protect you. Then you want to make sure that you're reapplying at least every two hours. And if you're swimming or you're sweating, you're reapplying more often. And then for the best results, I recommend pairing it with UPF clothing, long sleeve shirts, long pants, umbrellas, finding shade, things like that. So even if you do all of that, you could still get burned, especially if you're a Fitzpatrick type one, that is those who have red hair, light skin, blue eyes, you are, you don't have a lot of melanin in your skin to protect yourself from burn. So if you get that dreaded sunburn, it's the most important is to recognize that it's happening and to get yourself out of the sun. Uh, you could take things like ibuprofen, NSAIDs, anything to cool down the skin, help with the pain. You could take a, a cold shower, things, anything to relieve the heat from the skin, use cool compresses, use things like aloe vera. That's 
well known to calm down the skin. Um, you don't want to ice your skin. I think a lot of people have tried doing that and ice can actually cause more harm than good. And initially, and this, I think maybe people don't know this either. You don't want to use something like a petroleum jelly on your skin either, because when it's really hot, it's trying to evaporate that heat and petroleum jelly is going to uh, occlude the skin and it's going to trap that heat. Um, so petroleum jelly is more for like a few days later. So just, just a little tip there, because that's something you don't want to do, um, for your face. Um, I've really liked the, the sun bomb, um, the face mask one that is like made for after sun care. It has aloe in it. It's really, really calming. It helps reduce the redness. So those are just a few little things that you could try if you get the dreaded sunburn. Oh, that's really, really interesting. So basically you want to get that heat out of your skin and you want to get it to, you know, to dissipate. That's yep, interesting. Exactly. Wow. Very cool. I want to have to try that uh, mask out, by the way. I love masks. And it is like a really pretty, pretty color too. So it's like, it feels very, you know, spa-like when you put it on. So not only does it work, but it's like a whole, you can make it like a whole, you know, me night, you know, take a bath, put your, it's like a bluish greenish color. You can put it on and just feel like very Zen, you know? I love that. I love masking. I, I really do. I feel like so many lines or so many, you know, just brands are getting rid of their masks. I'm like, no. You know, I I feel the same way. Like there's not um, tons and tons of evidence to support masks, but you know what? I like them. They feel good. I feel refreshed afterwards. It's part of like a a weekly skincare ritual for me. And so as long as you don't have any like reactions from a mask, I fully, fully support it. Well, Dr. Lindsay, you and I are going to have to team up and do like a little, (laughs) um, you know, in vitro study so that we can prove the efficacy of masks. Because honestly, it's like, you know what I think of them? I think of them as like, you know how you grow cells in a Petri dish? I think of it like that. Like you're just putting a lot of like growth media on them for a little bit and then just, you know, giving them nutrients. Like that's kind of Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And it's yeah. so relaxing too. There's just something about the act of putting a mask on that just makes you feel better. You know, um, yeah. I just, my skin feels better. I feel better. I agree. I totally agree. No, that's, that's so true. Um, okay. So I have yet another question for you. So um, what ingredients, um, according to what you've seen in your practice and just um, your recommendations, what ingredients should we be adding to our summertime morning routines because, um, and nighttime routines, I guess, um, if you could like give us tips. So it, I, this is a kind of a difficult question to ask, answer because it depends on your skin type. You know, if you're oilier, you want to make sure that you maybe are incorporating something like salicylic acid, which reduces oil production on the skin. Um, versus if you're acne prone, you want to be incorporating things like benzoyl peroxide to help reduce inflammation on the skin and bacteria on the skin versus if you're dry, you want to be looking for ingredients like ceramides and hyaluronic acid. But, you know, in general, I think if you're looking for just a basic skincare routine, you want to look for a a moisture or a cleanser that's gentle, not going to strip the skin. Um, So you follow that up with, you know, any sort of hydrating serum because everybody does need hydration, regardless of whether you're oily or you're dry or a combination. So 
things that I like that work for almost every skin type is a hyaluronic acid. That's really nice. Um, ceramides, those are great too. And then of course, sunscreen ingredients. So um, if you are more sensitive and you don't want to do the chemicals, iron oxides, titanium dioxides, things like that, but you really don't need tons of aggressive ingredients. You don't need a, a skincare product that has 4 million things. You really just need some of the basics. Yeah, that makes sense. Wow. I, I love that. You know, I, I feel like there's so many ingredients now, you know, it's like, yeah. uh, like the freaking flower extracts and the freaking, you know, like wood bark. And I don't even yeah. know. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> it's just so complicated and it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I, I think that that's very, very important. That's a point that I think, you know, everyone needs to understand is that keep it simple, keep it, you know, casual, don't, over bombard your skin with things you don't need and you know i actually you know like dr Lindsay was mentioning i'm also a huge fan of sun Bomb. so i think that's a really great go-to brand so if you're somebody who does not know much about skin care products you don't really get involved a lot with it or you know somebody like that in your family i think you should definitely recommend sun Bomb to them because it's a brand that is really centered around caring for your skin and protecting it and so that is something that i think you know you can't go wrong you can't go wrong yeah. there you know it's I, and i and i really I think fundamentally, Dr. Lindsay, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think fundamentally, if we can get consumers to just get on board with this idea of first and foremost, protect your skin, mm -hmm. I think we are going to be in a much better place, you know, when it comes to just seeing the kind of pathologies we see, you know, and the reactions yeah. we see overall. Yeah, I think I think at the end of the day, like you said, you want to protect, nourish, and hydrate. And that's it. You don't have to, you don't have to peel your skin off. You don't have to do all these other crazy things. You just want to focus on protecting from, you know, the oxidants and the stressors that we come into contact with every day, the UV rays, the pollution. Uh, and you want to repair that skin barrier with, again, ingredients like ceramides. I really like something like niacinamide to help with that. So, um, I, I, I don't know if you've tried the sun bumps, uh, hydrating serum that also has oh, niacinamide in it. So yeah, it's so beautiful. It just sits on the skin so well, it absorbs so quickly. It doesn't feel heavy. It pairs well with my sunscreens under my makeup. It's beautiful. Yeah, it is. I do. I love that one. I'm glad you brought that one up. That is such a good serum. It's actually one of my go-tos these days. I've been using it a lot. So I, yeah, I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, um, if you can hydrate your skin properly, that's huge. I remember when like, um, you know, hyaluronic acid and then um, uh, what was it? There's another one that came out at PAH, I think, or mm -hmm. I, I don't remember. And it, it, people like just finally understood like hydration is important. And I'm sitting here thinking like, why was this not a thing before? You know, why? Yeah. We, why, why did, did it wait? take so long to figure yeah. this out? Yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know, I, I just don't get it, you know, and, and that's actually a question of maybe one of my final questions I do have for you is that, you know, um, having your own practice, seeing patients, you know, regularly, do you find yourself recommending, you know, certain skincare products to them or do you kind of try to stay away from that? I mean, how does that work? Because I'm sure they ask you, right? Like what, what kind of skincare should I yeah. use and all that? They do. I get that question all of the time. So I, I will always try to preface what I tell them with, you have to do what works best for your skin. And then when um, I'll give them 
that's just the general idea of a skincare regimen, like everything we talked about today. But when people press me, I like to give them several price point options because, you know, skincare should be inclusive, not exclusive. And you shouldn't have to break the bank if you don't want to on skincare. Now, by all means, if you're like, nope, I want to spend a couple hundred dollars on this one serum because I believe it's going to work better that you do you and I'm all for that. And I will give you some recommendations for that. But, you know, most people don't want to spend, you know, hundreds of dollars on their skincare routine. So I really like to give them brands that they can find at Target, at their, you know, local drugstore, or, you know, if you live like in a beach town out at your like local beach store, you know, something yeah. that's accessible, easy to find, affordable, fits into your lifestyle, fits into your routine. So it's, it's easy for me to give recommendations when people press it. Uh, but I usually what I recommend are things that I personally use. So it's easy to, to flow when they're like, well, what do you use? And then they, they're always surprised to hear that. I do say things like sun bomb and they think like, well, you're a dermatologist. You have access to like everything in the world. Why are you not using, you know, the $500 serum? And I'm like, because you don't need to, that's really just like a, um, you know, marketing ploy. People like to put, like to think that the more expensive the product is the better. And that just is not the case. You heard it here. Yeah. More expensive does not make something better. No, it does not. You're absolutely right. And I really, really do not like those companies that have the $500 serum. I really don't. I'm a huge like advocate as well for, you know, you don't need to make skincare like even less accessible than it already is. You know, why the Absolutely. heck? Like what, unless you're putting like literally some sort of technology that us medical doctors have no idea about, which is going to just <laughs> make us look 10 years old again in your product, there's no reason for you to price it. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's exactly. Ridi it's like, you know, and it's like, just because you're a luxury brand doesn't give you the right to hype up your prices just like that, you know? Exactly. Exactly. It's ridiculous. So and I, I yeah. I was just going to say, and I am fortunate enough that with my social media, I do get a lot of PR packages and products. And so I have tried these very expensive brands. And I can tell you firsthand, they do nothing different than your affordable drugstore target Ulta brands. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And I, I'm glad that you said that. I'm really glad that you said that because, you know, a lot of consumers are very, very, I don't know, they're they're becoming more hesitant about going to CVS or Walgreens or Target to pick up their, you know, their skin health products. And I don't think they should because I think right now we're seeing a definite wave of just amazing, amazing brands coming into this these retailers in this space. And, you know, you don't like Dr. Lindsay said, you don't need that $500 serum, you guys. You really don't. And, you know, save that money and actually go to a dermatologist, you know, and Absolutely. talk to them. You know, that's money you can, that's a visit right there without insurance. You know, yep. that's, that's, why wouldn't you do that instead? So, yeah, I think that that's very, very true. And I, and I love everything that you've said here, Dr. Lindsay, you're such a, you know, I'm, I, it's a blessing to have you on social media, honestly, because we need more doctors like you that are advocating real skin health, you know, really talking about the good stuff, the stuff that is real and it matters and not BS like a lot of people I see. So thank you for everything you do. And I'm a huge fan and I, and everyone listening, I really encourage you follow her on TikTok, on Instagram. Again, the hashtag or not hashtag, the the tag is at Derm Guru. So D-E-R-M-G-U-R-U. And, you know, just check out the content. But thank you so much, Dr. Lindsay. This has been such an honor. 
Absolutely. No, I am the one who is honored. Thank you so much for having me. This was a really interesting uh, discussion. And I hope everyone who's listening really did learn something today that again, skincare doesn't have to be complicated. Keep it simple, keep it effective and protect your skin from the sun. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. hundred percent. I hope you guys took some notes because definitely Dr. Lindsay dropped a lot of gems in this one. So (laughs) um, thank you again. And for everyone listening, I will be back next time.